0: Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay with us to the end of tonight's show. There's a very special guest coming to our community this week. We'll tell you who and why in tonight's final view. We start with this, though. Big meeting today at the White House. One of the very few and special guests that was able to attend because it was a conversation about immigration was our very own Senator Kevin Kramer. Also in this meeting, there was an update on the China trade talks as we know the delegation said hey we may not come because of these tariffs now they are coming just a day later they're gonna be in DC Thursday and Friday so earlier today I had a chance to sit down visit with Senator Kramer about what the conversation was like in the room and also what the president said about the latest on the China trade talks senator Kramer welcome back to point of view thank you so much for your time you just walked out of the White House very important meeting on immigration FOR THE PEOPLE WATCHING RIGHT NOW, THE MOST IMPORTANT THING THEY SHOULD KNOW ABOUT THIS MEETING IS WHAT?
1: WELL, I THINK THE MOST IMPORTANT THING IS THAT THE PRESIDENT AND HIS TEAM, LED BY JARED KUSHNER, ARE REACHING OUT TO SOME OF THE MORE CONSERVATIVE REPUBLICAN SENATORS TO FIND SOME COMMON GROUND THAT IS, um, YOU KNOW, CERTAINLY NOT LOW-HANGING FRUIT, BUT DOABLE. And, AND THE REASON FOR THAT, CHRIS, IS WHEN YOU THINK ABOUT IT, YOU KNOW, THE PRESIDENT HAS OFFERED UP SOME MORE COMPREHENSIVE, legislation in the past where the, the people that opposed it the most were the most conservative among us. And so this time he's, he's you know, sort of giving things a test run, getting feedback, doing a listening session on, on two basic areas. One is of course securing our borders and secondly uh, attracting and retaining the very best immigrants we can get that meet the demands of our growing economy. And he, you know, it was sort of funny, he was so sort of talking about sort of blame for for why we are having a problem, I said, well, just remember part of the blame is because you've created a, a rocket ship economy yeah. that has grown the demand for high skilled, uh, for high skilled workers in their country. And that's a good thing.
0: So take us inside the room, Senator. Very few of us obviously get to be inside in one of these meetings. So take us inside the room, break down how the conversation went and what did you take away that looks like a doable deal?
1: Yeah, so... You know, it's a cabinet room. It's a historic place. I never take it lightly. In fact, at one point, I I sat across from the president a little bit, you know, then just a little bit to his left. Um, But as I looked at him and the Rose Garden behind him, I thought... How did I land here? You know, how does the son of a rural electric lineman from kindred North Dakota, land here one more time, discussing this major issue? And and yet, it, it's a it's such a great honor to represent North Dakota. So that's the setting: that the president at the head, um, you know, s- six senators on each side of the table, and then a number of staff around it. The president opened it up by asking, you know, thanking us for being there, uh, talking a little bit about trade in China and what's going on there to give us an update on that, and then of course went in to talk about trade or er, talk about immigration and the that we were there was to present some principles in in somewhat in bill form already uh, that that he'd like to take a shot at and then he turned the the, the program over to Jared Kushner who has been leading this for some time as I think you and I talked about a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. he and I had a discussion about this uh, project and um, you know it was a very disciplined Uh, presentation. It focused on, as I said, I wouldn't call it low-hanging fruit, but doable things uh, and focused on on two aspects. One is, you know, border security, but not not so much on building a wall. That wasn't really the focus of border security. The focus of border security was more how to deal with the our ports of entry, how to move commerce and legal immigration faster through those, but also to attract the right kind of, uh, you know, the right kind of immigrant, and of course that means dealing with things like um, asylum rules, processing quickly, uh, sending people home right away uh, if, if they shouldn't be there, and, uh, and then talking about the legal immigration system so that we have a true merit-based system uh, that, that attracts the right people so that we have an, you know, the, the right workforce at Microsoft and Fargo, or that we have the doctors that we need at Sanford. And, uh, and so um, I, I just really appreciate the opportunity to both you know, here but then to provide my insights.
0: Senator, just a couple minutes left. I do want to get the update that he gave you on China in a moment, but let's go through a couple things rapid fire. So you're talking about merit base. What are you going to do to change the asylum
1: rules? Well, I think you just have to, you have to raise the standard and then, more importantly, have the infrastructure at the border to process immediately. You just can't have people, you know, coming back or expecting they're going to come yeah. back for their hearing four years later. So being able to capture them at the border and then process them quickly. And the the reason that's important is for lots of reasons, but finally I think there's universal uh, at least acceptance and and if not proclamation that there is a crisis at the border. There's a legitimate humanitarian crisis at the border and we're attracting them and even Democrats, even the New York Times doesn't doesn't dispute that anymore.
0: I I saw that uh, that op-ed that came out I think it was uh, on Sunday did it did it come up sir where they said hey you know right now according to the law we're only able to send aside leaves back to Mexico and Canada but not to the Northern Triangle is that piece of this puzzle they're gonna change?
1: I think that is part of the language that that would ultimately be in there we have to be able to treat um, you know non-contiguous countries the same as we do the contiguous countries, so uh, I, that would definitely be part. Of IT. we didn't get into that much detail. Okay. Uh, but that's clearly part of uh, the draw.
0: I'm assuming that DACA came up. Are we looking at citizenship, legal status with DACA? Or did DACA not come up at all? Come up at all?
1: Cr- Chris, it came up, but it is not part of this discussion. So the issue came up, you know, as you know, DACA is in the courts, Um, the the Trump administration got an unfavorable ruling by a judge in in the Ninth Circuit, it got an unfavorable uh, ruling on appeal in the Ninth Circuit, it will be taken up by the Supreme Court sometime probably this year. And so it's really one of those issues that we we can't get leverage on because, um, you know, there's no incentive for the pro-DACA. Politician to deal with us. That's not on the table.
0: I mean, excuse me, Senator. Sorry about that. You know, everyone at home is chomping at the bit to hear the latest from the president about this China deal. You said he gave you an update in this meeting. What's the update, sir?
1: Right. Well, the update is that they weren't dealing in good faith, as we now know, that they were starting to renegotiate things that had already been settled. He felt the only thing he could do is hit them back with the most blunt instrument he has, and that's, of course, tariffs. I, I think pretty much all of the Republicans uh, in the Senate support that, including Chuck Grassley, who, by the way, was at the meeting. Uh, we also had uh, the Vice President Pence at lunch with us today to talk about the same thing. So we also, you know, I think pretty much all support what he's doing right now. But we also delivered the message loud and clear that this can't go on a lot longer, that this growing season for our farmers, in many cases, is make or break. And so we need a deal done, but we do need a deal that's advantageous to the United States and to the American farmer Uh, so you know we'll see the encouraging thing is is that the vice premier is coming to Washington DC will be here in the next uh, 24 to 48 hours and uh, the fact that they're still coming in fact I think they weren't going to come they were you know intent on canceling the meeting this week until he put up um, this ultimatum and said okay fine as of Friday Count on 25 percent on everything, and uh, they changed their mind and decided they'd be coming. So I, I think it's you know it's it's tentative right now, but somewhat encouraging.
0: Senator, 10 seconds. Does a does a deal get done? Might not be, be public, but a deal get done uh, Friday via this trip of the vice premier.
1: While well, being an eternal optimist, um, but also pragmatic, I think that they're at least going to get some principles done. The reason I say right. that is it's just as important, if not more important, for China as it is for us. They have all the incentive yes. in the world to do something. So I'm, I'm hopeful, Chris.
0: Senator Kevin Kramer, thanks for the time. So I know you're extremely busy, so we appreciate it. We we'll look forward to talking
1: to you again soon. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks, Chris. Thank you.
0: Pretty awesome when you've got just 12 senators in the entire nation sitting inside the White House for this meeting and Senator Kevin Kramer is one of them. So thank you to him for uh, taking some time to share with you and with myself about what took place in that meeting. Important to know, you just heard a mayor talk about, uh, hey, we feel like we're negotiating from a place of power with this China trade deal. Yes, President Xi doesn't necessarily need to worry about an election like President Trump does, but also when the news broke, really early Monday morning, if you will, in China. I mean, their stock market took a major hit. Their currency took a major hit. So we'll see what happens this Friday. Maybe we'll at least get a framework of a deal done and then have this summit that they've been talking about for quite some time with President Xi and President Trump. I know you, the farmers out there, would be like, hallelujah, (laughs) let's ship some stuff to China. All right, another big topic that we've been talking about as of late is the violence in the classrooms. The Fargo Public Schools say one of the most pervasive issues, maybe the, the most important issue, that they want to get handled when their contract negotiations, things that are happening in the classroom, is violence from the students. Teachers getting bitten. They're having PTSD That they're, uh, issues that they're dealing with uh, post some of the violence that's taken place. So one particular North Dakota legislature says, hey, WSI is good, but maybe the only real way for teachers to make an impact and to really put some teeth in their negotiating power is to sue to sue the school districts. That's representative Marvin Nelson. He and I sat down earlier today and talked about his suggestions for the teachers to sue the school districts. Representative Nelson, welcome back to Point of View. Great to have you in studio, it's, it's sir. Nice to be here. So you put a letter out talking about, uh, we want to fix this violent situation that's happening with teachers. Many in Fargo saying this is the number one issue in the Fargo School District to face right now. And you say, hey, It's great that they're trying to help the teachers but they're looking in the wrong place. What do you mean specifically?
2: Well some people are saying the WSI can help contribute to this and only in very rare circumstances could it. Uh, For instance a mental mental injury something like this where the teachers fearful all the time is not covered at all under WSI. So uh, if we took an analogy, if you were a veteran coming back from the Middle East, if you got shot in the leg and then you had mental health problems associated with that, they would cover you. But if you were the guy who was next to the veteran and got shot and you did three tours and everything, uh, the governor of the state and the legislature would say, you don't have any problem that we're going to to deal with. You're on your own.
0: Which is then suggesting in your letter is, hey, teachers, your only really recourse is to go. And sue the school districts, so or you suggesting there right. should be some big civil law, you know, class action suit? Or
2: well, there's no reason that several with similar circumstances couldn't bat, band together. But that that's been the thing is that uh, this has been uh, over a hundred years. This is a nonpartisan league reform. The workman's comp was, and mm-hmm. then we try year after year to trick get mental mental coverage for workers in this state. First responders, everyone, it, whatever happens, it doesn't. PASS. SO THE ONLY REAL RECOURSE THAT PEOPLE HAVE IS TO SUE THEIR EMPLOYER. THAT'S THE MESSAGE YOU'RE GETTING FROM BOTH WSI AND FROM THE LEGISLATURE, IS THAT'S YOUR that's your. So recourse. LET ME ASK YOU THIS
0: WAY, BECAUSE uh, IN THIS POLL uh, THAT THEY DID WITH THE FARGO SCHOOL TEACHERS, IT WAS 850 OF THEM, 70% said THEY FEEL FEARFUL OR INTIMIDATED IN THEIR CLASSROOM, AND YET, AS FAR AS I KNOW, NOT ONE TEACHER HAS FILED A LAWSUIT. SO WHY NOT? <laughs>
2: I think a lot of it is socially, culturally in this state. We're really anti-lawsuit, despite what you might hear. And and then people, you know, it's kind of this whole thing where workman's comp has been kind of so built into things that we even had the case where the Williston City Commission, with a state legis- state uh, senator sitting on it, filed for workman's comp claim on a PTSD case on a, on a, a policeman. People don't really realize that they're, they're not covered and then what happens is it's just individual cases get so bad you you really with the school system you need uh, mental health counseling there kind of as a background thing to prevent injuries it'd be just like a workplace safety thing where we uh, in nursing homes we put in the lifting uh, assists so that people wouldn't injure their back they need counseling there for the teachers so teachers don't get mentally injured. But there's still going to be some who slip over and fall into a workplace mental injury who need uh, help like workers' uh, compensation or work WSI would be.
0: Let me ask you this way. Let's get to the root of the cause. So you're suggesting one option is for these teachers to sue, but but I want to get to this. I mean, when I when I went to school, we never heard about violence against teachers. I never heard about a teacher being feel fearful or intimidated. So I want to know from you, what do you think is the root cause? What's going on here This is so prevalent
2: now? Well, I don't know. I think some of it's memories. I can remember back in the 1960s where uh, a police officer ended up pulling a gun on a bunch of teenagers in Hillsboro because he was afraid of his own bodily injury. Uh, there was some uh, but a police officer, me, is a completely well, different realm no, but than a I mean, but, you know, and we, we came back through a, through a period where uh, teachers, some teachers, were quite violent towards students in a way. We, they were using a fear of the teachers for that. And now we've kind of gone through a, a situation where no, we're not going to beat the heck out of our students and stuff. And so teachers feel kind of their hands are tied. And over time, um, the attitudes and stuff of some have changed. Uh, We've uh, mainstreamed some students (laughs) that have uh, behavioral problems. Uh, And so it all all builds up. But, uh, you know, the teachers have just kind of been put off to the side and not really thought of uh, in this whole uh, PROCESS FOR HOW DO WE CONTINUE TO PROVIDE A, a SAFE WORKPLACE
0: FOR DO teachers. YOU THINK THE STUDENTS THAT ARE uh, HAVING REPEATED ISSUES, BECAUSE ONE OF THE IDEAS WE FLOATED WAS TO SORT OF REVAMP Agassiz MIDDLE SCHOOL HERE INTO uh, ONE OF THE MIDDLE SCHOOLS AND PUT THOSE STUDENTS IN THAT SCHOOL AND SEPARATE THEM. IS THAT A SOLUTION?
2: It, it, IT'S it's NOT A SOLUTION EVERYWHERE ACROSS THE STATE BECAUSE IN MOST SCHOOL DISTRICTS YOU WOULDN'T HAVE mm-hmm. ENOUGH schools, STUDENTS TO BE A VIABLE uh, SCHOOL SIZE. FOR SOMETHING THE SIZE OF FARGO, WEST FARGO, uh, MAYBE IT COULD BE. Uh, BUT uh, YOU KNOW, whether, WHETHER THEY ARE THERE, WHETHER YOU HAVE SPECIAL CLASSES WITHIN uh, THE REGULAR SCHOOLS OR SOMETHING, uh, WE DO NEED TO PROVIDE a a safe a place where teachers feel safe so
0: what's interesting is you're suggesting they should sue and what they're only asking for in these contract negotiations is nothing really punitive they're just saying hey look we just don't want our pto to be considered time off if we have to miss some school because of ptsd or you know we're healing from
2: there's really two things there one they're asking for a safe work environment which is wsi is not really a part of that discussion the wsi is a discussion of what happens after someone is injured and hopefully we can come up with some solutions like through these negotiations where we avoid that injury but the part of the problem is long term to really get a get a whole uh, treatment of this is that we're still going to have some people who get injured but they have no recourse in north dakota they have no redress other than SUING THEM, IF if YOU JUST CAN'T GO TO WORK ANYMORE, AND IT DOESN'T MATTER WHETHER IT'S A TEACHER, A POLICEMAN, A FIREMAN, A CONVENIENCE STORE WORKER, ANY OF THESE PEOPLE.
0: ARE YOU HEARING ANY WHISPERS FROM NORTH DAKOTA UNITED AS FAR AS A CLASS ACTION TYPE OF LAWSUIT AT ALL?
2: NO.